0: Today on the Bill Barnwell show, I'll be talking with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN about Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and all the major free agency and trade news with a week to come before the legal tampering period. And guys, I also want to remind everyone about the Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe. This week, he spoke with Rockets General Manager Daryl Morey to discuss the future of the NBA. Download and subscribe to The Low Post and also, of course, The Bill Barnwell Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, you may have heard of a COO by the name of Dylan Miskowitz. He is a real business owner who struggled with finding the right fit for his director of coffee roll until he turned to ZipRecruiter. Well, a lot has happened since he made that first hire with ZipRecruiter. His organic coffee business, Cafe Altura, grew, their distribution increased, and they expanded their product offerings. Cafe Altura grew so much that Dylan had to hire a junior roaster and, yes, a second director of coffee. How? Once again, Dylan used ZipRecruiter. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Barnwell. Because while Dylan was busy managing his booming business and signing autographs as a podcast hero, ZipRecruiter did the work for him. Its matching technology found people with the right skills and experience and actively invited them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Now see for yourself how ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier, from coffee roaster to construction worker to CMO. try ZipRecruiter for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Barnwell. My last name, B-A-R-N-W-E-L-L, ZipRecruiter.com slash Barnwell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now let's get on with the show. All right. As promised here on the Bill Barnwell Show, join now. Surprising, as we were talking about before the show, first time guest. Someone I I could have sworn I have on before, but I I don't think I have before. Uh, It is ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Jeremy, how are you?
1: I'm good. First time guest, long time listener. So I appreciate you having me. <laughs> That's very promising.
0: Uh, we are slowly <laughs> working our way through the listeners, one person at a time. But no, of course you, right. you, uh, you cover the NFL for us. Uh, you have recently cover the Steelers, I believe, in the past for us here at ESPN. And of course the, uh, now the NFL as a whole and a lot to talk about here in the days before free agency begins and the days before we're going to see presumably a lot of players moving around and, I think we have to start with the obvious guy, right? We talked a little a bit about Tom Brady on the show here. Everyone, you know, every radio interview I do, I talk about Tom Brady, whether it's, you know, Topeka or, or New England or <laughs> national anywhere, everyone wants to talk about Tom Brady. So, That's right. um, I mean, the short answer, unless you, you've written about this a little bit, but I mean, the short answer seems to be that we don't know a ton about what's going to happen, but right. let me, let me frame it like this for you. Um, is there anything you think is going under discussed or we're not paying enough attention to, we're not thinking enough about when it comes to the possibilities of where Tom Brady might be going this offseason.
1: Hmm. So, well, since the people of Topeka must know about Tom Brady, <laughs> uh, I would say probably what's underplay because we're so busy picking out teams for him. But I, I've literally asked probably more than 20 uh, high level people with NFL teams where they think Brady will end up and they pretty much all say New England. Some of that is by fault because they can't imagine him in another uniform. But uh, there's still a prevailing theme around the league that, that he will end up back where he started because the Patriots will make it right um, and, and they'll just get it done. You know. But mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe, maybe one angle that's underplayed is, and, and I know some team this. If there's one wild card here, it's that uh, you know he has been underpaid for a long time and and Mm -hmm. it's not just about the money but respect equals money in a lot of cases so um if he needs to go elsewhere to get that respect um and combined with a new challenge that would be sort of what would lead him there um so and you know i think there's i I do think there's a team out there i think there are several teams that are big game hunting for a quarterback Mm -hmm. um and there's at least one that uh I can't seem to pinpoint it, but I think that is at least involved or, or believes it firmly in the mix. I hate to say the word mystery team, but I do think <laughs> there's one out there that we're not uh, fully accounting for that will make a run.
0: I love it. I, I, you know, I love a mystery team. A good mystery team always adds some intrigue to the negotiations. Let me say, what I think is interesting here about Tom Brady um, is this is, I think, his best chance – to get the thing he's always wanted, the thing that we've heard about from years now, which is the ability to play until he's 45. And right. with the Patriots last year, when he signed that extension in August, which was really just a a raise with a the guarantee that he wouldn't be franchised, and, and there wasn't really any extension to it. It was just right. really changing that one-year deal to a fake three-year deal. Um I wonder if this is his chance to get that deal where he does have either a guarantee or a partial guarantee or a contract structure that makes it easier for him to play until he's 45. And if someone else makes him that offer, if the Patriots are going to be comfortable matching that knowing, Hey, we might be stuck with a guy who's not very good by the time he gets to 45.
1: Right. I think it's definitely a factor because I I don't know that new England for as much um, as they owe their success to him. I don't know how far they're willing to go on that front, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why there's going to be a give and take here at the end, once we get to Sunday and Monday, because there really hasn't been a lot of steam here, that, that, you know, who's willing to give that up? I know the Patriots willing to go that far. Um, And, you know, if if it's up to Bill, uh, you know, it's hard to pinpoint that, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. you would think that it makes sense to do that. Um, But, you know, you're talking about a tampering period from Monday to Wednesday where anybody can throw in a wild card. You know, they Mm -hmm. can get him to, I don't think this is his market, but they could get him to, hey, we'll give him $36 million for one year or something, and then we'll redo it. Or, like, we can get creative to try to make him maybe the highest paid player, even mm-hmm. if they know it's uh, not going to pay off in, a, in two years or three years. You know? So um, there are enough teams that are desperate at that position where it wouldn't shock me to see that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't, we're only going to know until we get to that bidding process. And I think there are probably teams out there, and this happens every year, in free agency who say, Hey, our line for, t- for Tom Brady, let's say as an example is $32 million a year. And right. then once you get your owner in the room and your GM in the room and you're sitting there and, and you know, an agent calls back and says, Hey, it's going to take 35 a year to get this done. Uh, even if your line was 32 the day before, there are teams who will say, okay, we'll go to 35 if we have to just because we need to get this done, whether it's the owner signing off or, just you getting in that, that room and deciding, hey, we don't want to lose this guy. Um, right. Every year, teams change their plans. So even if you're a team that thinks, okay, this is what our line is now, that might not be their line come that legal tampering period.
1: Right, and it, it's going to largely depend on the team because, as you know, there are going to be some things that will say, look, his market is not that, and you know, we have a better chance of winning with another guy who's more athletic. Mm-hmm. Or it depends on what they have, right? I think teams with really good offensive lines, um, you know, that's a, you know, the Colts sort of come to mind as a team that I, I think is is hunting around a little bit, yep. and uh, you know, they have different priorities than the one that doesn't. And you look at the Chargers; they need to sell some tickets, and whether they want to admit that or not, that has to be a factor. Of course. Um, so you can try to build it that way with, with his new production company in LA coming out. So uh, there are so many ancillary items here that we have to account for as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on top of that. Another quarterback who is not hitting the market, at least we assume, in the days before free agency and the days before the franchise tag uh is, is sort of locked in is Dak Prescott, who yeah. seems like every couple of days the Cowboys have a new offer to Dak Prescott through the media <laughs> that Dak Prescott has already declined. So in terms of this process, I mean, you saw this a little bit with the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Is this a good move typically? Do you find that it, it, it's a move that – you know, kind of gets the fans on the side of the
1: organization. The move to franchise tag them. No, the, move, the to move, move to, to negotiate.
0: The offer out. Yeah. To, to, to sort of leak details about the offer out, get that in the media and get, you know, get, get the fans thinking about, okay, this is what this guy is turning down.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clearly coming from that side. I don't know uh, that, that Dax people are uh, promoting that necessarily. <laughs> um, and, Look, they've drawn very hard lines. I mean, they have been a, a hard negotiation on their side because they're just they said, "Look, the guys won the games in four years, ten wins a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his numbers got better. True leader, he checks you know all the boxes you would want." And so, you know, they're just not going to take the Cowboys taking a couple moving parts and adding a couple extra million here there. You know, I, I think that's been the issue. And so, there's been a hard line. There's been some frustration. And, you know, it's my understanding that since they made that offer, there really hasn't been minimal contact. So mm-hmm. um, now it's possible Prescott folks are waiting for the new CBA to kick in, and you know the exact size of that money, you know all the factors, and you can go back and revisit it. But mm-hmm. um, this is definitely trending toward the tag. And, uh, you know, at, at that point, I think public perception probably goes out the window because if you're Prescott, you know, you're, you're tired of playing on $2 million a year mm-hmm. and you want the long-term security, but – you know, it's been a year now they've been trying to talk about this. So, you know, you're probably thinking about sitting out, a little bit of off-season workouts if you have to, or you're so close to the um I think it's going to be tempting for them to play it out. I mean, you're going to make $32 million or whatever it is this year, force them to tag you again and go from there.
0: Yeah, do you think if the uh... – if the Cowboys do tag him with the exclusive franchise tag, which will be in the $32 million range where he can't negotiate with anybody else, do you think Dak just right. signs the tag and then says, Hey, we'll deal with this next year?
1: I do, but I don't think he'll rush to sign it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've been, his side has been really tight lipped about this as far as how they're going to handle it. But there are definitely some rumblings that, that, you know, he can make this difficult and maybe not show up for a while. Um, you know, and so he, that's the trend that players are using, and but they don't you usually don't see that at the quarterback spot, which it's matters. Because you know, if you're having Cooper Rush run all your workouts, that's a problem for Dallas. Yes. And so uh, Zach knows that, and uh, you know, I, I think at some point he's going to consider, if he hasn't already, that you know I have a chance to really get the deal that I wanted originally mm-hmm. by trying to get to free agency. Now that said, I mean everybody can say they want to get things done, and they've been talking about this forever. On both sides, but um, you know, just the way Dallas seems to structure contracts, they—they just—I don't, I still don't think they're in the ballpark right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that we know, guy after guy after guy. Whether it's Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Jalen Smith, they give out pretty big deals. They they structure them in a way that's team friendly so they can renegotiate year after year after year. Right. Um or restructure year after year after year I should say, but they do, you know, pay market value or pretty close to it. I mean, it, it really is a team that's been very comfortable paying their homegrown guys big money. So does seem interesting that with Dak, it's really the time where they've sat and said, hey, you know, you have to give us a hometown discount. We're not going to pay what the going rate is. So, uh, it right. seems really interesting. And in terms of the Cowboys as well, another guy who's coming up, of course, is Amari Cooper. Um, we're still waiting to see whether this final league year is going to be operated under the old CBA, in which case the Cowboys would have the franchise and transition tags. If right. the Cowboys don't have that transition tag available and they do have to franchise Dak Prescott, Do you think it's more likely that they sign Amari Cooper to an extension, or do you think he gets the open market?
1: I think they're going to really try. I mean, and they have been trying. I think they, uh, you know, because they gave up the first round pick for him. They've been dedicated to do it. Um, But again, I think the problem with Cooper is fairly similar to Prescott's. Obviously, different positions, but you know, Cooper waited for this. He could have done a deal with them in the off season. Mm But he knew the wide receiver market was taking off, so he waited, and now it's 20 plus million dollars for a couple of these guys. Yeah. He sees that, so, you know, why sign something now, uh, when you're a couple days away? Uh, I think the Cowboys, that's why they're so hopeful that they would have the two tags, because on the transition tag, I think they felt pretty comfortable either way, whether another team makes an offer that they can match, Mm -hmm. or they just keep them on the tag at a good number and then, you know, continue to negotiate. But, um, that, they're the team that's hurt the most by, the CBA as many expect to pass over the weekend and then they only have the one tag. I mean yeah. that, that cripples them more than really anybody else because of the way they've set all this up. And so they're gonna try. That's my understanding that, that you know they're making some progress, but it's uh it's hardly a slam dunk this close because you know, he's waited for this and wants to see it out.
0: Yeah, and who can blame him? I mean, you know, he earned it. He, uh, this was the same franchise that was bragging last year about not having a first round pick because they were smart enough to trade it for Amari Cooper. So, I mean, you know, it's gonna,
1: sure.
0: at some point you have to honor, uh, the claims you're making about him being, you know, worth that much in terms of his, uh, his talent level. And you mentioned, of course, the Cowboys being hurt by the lack of a transition tag. Uh, another team that comes to mind. Uh, as being hurt by the, the lack of a transition tag, if the new CBA is signed, is Tennessee, where yeah. it's it's very similar. Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry. Do you think that would make it more likely that uh, Tennessee goes out and extends one of those two players?
1: I think that they're they're definitely going to try to extend one, if not both. But they have their, it's my understanding, they have their feet dipped in the Brady waters of too. So it's like you're you're weighing your options with Tannehill, and who Albert is heard for him as far as wasn't wants mm-hmm. uh at least that was some buzz from the combine and you know when you lead the league in passer rating you're going to go high Sure. Um, he's got the same agents as Dak Prescott they're going high I mean these are tough negotiators so it's hardly a slam dunk for that to get done um so you know I think it's kind of 50-50 on both those quarterbacks and they're going to end up with one of them they don't want to lose both and so they know they have until Monday to, to kind of figure that out that's why I expect it to go toward the end but I, I've also heard that Derrick Henry is, is bracing for a tag. He hasn't been told one way or the other, but I talked to somebody close to him where he, you know, he's ready for it. Um, he wants to stay in Tennessee, but he knows he's going to have multiple suitors, and you know, he's already had some teams that um, could definitely use him. You look at a team like Denver that has a ton of cap space mm-hmm. and they want kind of a workhorse back opposite Philip Lindsay. So, you know, he's almost more fascinating to me because he's, you know, he, he catalyzed their what, 88% of their offense last yeah. year, or whatever it was. I'm exaggerating. Um So they know that Ryan's success hinged, you know, at least part, on Henry. And so, you know, that's sort of the engine that makes them go right now, even though they want the right quarterback guy. So they're, I think they're on standby on about three different fronts right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough because, you know, there's always that chance that you wait and then you don't get Brady and Tannehill's gone and suddenly you're looking at, you know, uh, wishing you'd done something different and, and you end up stuck with no quarterback. But it, it does seem like there are more quarterbacks, at least to me, to go around necessarily than the available starting jobs. Because you're going to have right. a draft where we figure at least three, if not four, quarterbacks going pretty high in this year's draft. Um, so th- those four spots are going to be at least, you know, mostly taken up by guys who are going to be quarterbacks now or quarterbacks of the near future. And... With so many free agents uh, in terms of the top-level guys who are coming out, the Bradys, the Rivers, the Bridgewaters, the Winstons, um, which quarterback uh, among the guys who would expect to start yeah. do you think is most likely to end up missing out on a starting job and then be forced to kind of settle for that, uh, either a quarterback competition or in a backup role?
1: So let's see. We got, I think, Tannehill, Brady, Rivers, Will be starters, mm-hmm. um, and I I'd still believe that Bridgewater will be a starter somewhere next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've heard that he's got a strong market right now. A lot of teams are interested. So, but you're right; it's like ten quarterback, eight to ten quarterbacks, five seats, right, or whatever it is. Right. So, I, I think Winston will be the guy who, who's left out. Um, you know, the Bucks are another team that are just sort of waiting. See, you know, they're vetting the whole quarterback market. They're looking at three or four guys. They want to see what they can get, knowing that they can keep Winston if they need to. Um, but I think that's trending maybe the other way where he's going to be a free agent. Uh, you know, you never know in the next few days, but mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance he has to try to go and do the Ryan Tannehill formula, right, where you go somewhere as a high-level backup, knowing mm-hmm. you've got a good chance to play, You can go in there and try to spark an offense. But I think the, the Bucks trust issues of Winston are, are, are very apparent privately and publicly. And so... To me, that says they see their window now. They're going to try to maybe strike, uh, depending on how things shake out the next few days.
0: Yeah. I mean, Bruce Arians is not someone who's known for hiding his feelings on, on just about any topic, uh, least of which are his quarterbacks and his doghouse. So it does seem like, you know, at the very least, they're very skeptical that Jameis Winston is their, their full-time guy you She'd figure they would have a deal done now or pretty close to now. Um, right. yeah, I, I mean, are, do you think, you mentioned the idea of a mystery team earlier. I mean, do you think that those teams that are sort of on the borderline, like a Bears, for example, uh, do you think they are really seriously searching for a guy who can give their incumbent, you know, a, a real challenge, or or do you think that it's mostly going to be those teams who are, you know, more so looking for backups to sort of just supplement what they have?
1: Yeah, I, I do think that. I, I, from what I've heard, I think they're looking hard at eight to ten guys what they can bring in, within reason. They they don't have money to spend. right? Um, And that linebacker, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Nick Kiewoski. Yep. Glakowski, he's going to make a lot of money. He is, yeah. They want to keep him. Yeah, he's going to do well. So, like, they, you know, they got issues like that, too, that they want to try to figure out. Um, But I think, like, a Case Keenum is probably a baseline for them. You know, I think they, from what I'm told, they want to upgrade from where they are. They can't go into the air with a guy like Chase Daniel as a backup. No Disrespect to Chase Daniel, but they want an established starter, guy who has had that experience. That's why Dalton just makes a lot of sense because yeah. seventeen seven or seventeen point seven million dollar cap hit that the Bengals might be able to help out with to facilitate something mm-hmm. that's attractive to them. You know, so that's I think that's why he makes sense and, and why it seems it sounds like they've at least had some some loose talks early on.
0: Chase Daniels made about. $100,000 per pass attempt at the NFL level. So e- even if we yeah. were to disrespect Mr. Daniel, he's doing okay. <laughs> I-, I have very little concerns about Chase Daniel. He's done totally fine for himself, uh, in terms of his NFL career. Um,
1: he's going to be fine.
0: He is going to be fine. Someone else who's going to be fine, I should mention as well, uh, Chris Jones, who huge role in the playoffs in incredible. In the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, a couple big plays to help Kansas City win that game. Franchise, or the franchise tag is almost assuredly coming for Chris Jones. And I, I guess the question is now this is a Chiefs team that last year not only traded away a player they had franchised in D Ford, but also acquired a player via trade who had been franchised in Frank Clark. So, With Chris Jones, I mean, do you think with the Chiefs that they are franchising him thinking, okay, we're definitely trading him? Is it a franchise tag where they say, hey, we're going to negotiate and try to get a deal done? And if not, then we'll just play out the tag or we'll give you a trade. Or, I mean, how do the Chiefs feel about Chris Jones right now?
1: Yeah, Bill, this one's fascinating because it's my understanding that they want to keep him. They want to try. But the problem is he sees Frank Clark, who makes, what, $21 million a year. Mm -hmm. He's not going to take less than that. I'm almost Boy. positive in saying that. And so the Chiefs are going to be stuck. I don't know that they can do it. Um, and still keep all the same parts. You know, they would have to, to give up something. And so, but they're going to try for sure. So they're going to tag them and then they're going to negotiate. And if they can't do something, they'll probably try to tag and trade them like we've seen the Chiefs do with two other players, uh, with D. Ford and Frank Clark. But, um, this is a guy that some plays, he's like one of the best guys in the NFL at any position. Mm-hmm. But is that like six plays a game? You know, is it twelve? Like it's not always consistent, but he has those flashes almost every game. Um, and I've talked to some personnel people about this; they're just like wowed by what he does, but it's only twenty percent of the time. But it's right. it's enough where he changes games for you, and there just there aren't many guys like that, um, you know. So, but the problem is that defensive tackle franchise tag number is like fifteen and a half million, mm-hmm. and there's no chance he plays on that. Um, I don't think. You know, at the least, he'll sit out all the off-season work, you know, and go from there.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the only guy who's in that sort of price tag range when it comes to defensive tackles, uh, is Aaron Donald. And, you know, maybe Chris Jones thinks he, he's an Aaron Donald level impactful player. And I, I personally don't see that, but you know, I mean, it's, you only got to convince one team. You don't have to convince 32 teams. Just one team has to believe you can pull that off. Uh, and you know, I mean, for the Chiefs, it's, I, I wonder what, What they would be willing to take in return, you know, is it going to be a situation where it's like the Jadevian Clowney deal, where they just get to a point where they take the best available offer, or are they going to hold out for you know the offer they got for D Ford last year, which was a second round pick? I wonder what you know what they would perceive to be fair compensation for their star defensive tackle.
1: Yeah, I think it's a first round pick. I mean, he's he's a good enough talent where I think they they wouldn't take a second for him, and that's the rub, right? Because if you can't pay him, but you can't get enough for him. And what do you do? I, 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 he's the most fascinating franchise tag to me, outside of maybe a few guys. But it, it, that's the one I'm watching because I just I, I can't um, I can't pinpoint exactly what's going to happen. But uh, you know, they, they I think they're going to try. I really do. They're going to try to maybe they can structure it in such a way where it doesn't kill them in the later years. Uh, but they got to deal with Sammy Watkins too. You got a 21 million dollar cap hit. He's not taking a pay cut, from what I'm told. And so they have to either extend him lessen the cap hit now, or release him, or just keep him on the current number, which I don't think is tenable. You know, so it's a team with a couple really big decisions even before you get to Patrick Mahomes' deal.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, they have the the small matter of, you know, former league MVP, reigning Super Bowl MVP, who uh, has done some things in his first three years that nobody in football has done. So that's a small thing they have to get to after all of this. But yeah, I I think it's a really tough balance. You know, obviously, I mean, if you're. A team that's interested in Chris Jones, you might be able to sit there and say, "Hey, you know, we can justify going eighteen, nineteen, maybe even twenty million dollars a year for Chris Jones." But are we going to give up a first-round pick in the process as well? That—that's you know, that gets to the point where you're 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 paying a, a, exorbitant sum for a impactful player. So yeah, it's going to be a really fascinating uh, market for him in the months to come. And another guy who comes up as a you know very significant trade opportunity. Uh, over the next few weeks is going to be Trent Williams, who, of course, his story with Washington, he uh, did sat out all of last season, wanted a trade. The new regime came in under Ron Rivera. I think it seemed like they tried to get him to uh, return to the fold. He declined. Reports have said he wants, again, a, a, a deal in that $20 million per year range. I mean, do you think there's going to be a big trade market for the Washington left tackle? I think there's
1: going to be a reasonable trade market, Bill, I don't think it's going to be massive. You know, Mm -hmm. Washington probably needs to go into it with realistic expectations where they're not going to get a first-round pick, just considering his age. um, You know, I I thought the one team that's looking into him who said, like, great player, sure, but he's 32, and he he needs to pass a medical check with with the the head trauma that he dealt with, and so Mm -hmm. uh, we would need to look at him with our own doctors to see where he's at, you know, and so uh, that's that's going to be a process. Maybe if he passes those tests and looks great, that changes things. Uh, but he also wants a new contract, you know, and, or at least a, uh, a revised contract to add a little more money to what he's got. So it, it's going to be um, it, it's going to be tricky. I, I could see, you know, I think he's still worth a day two pick, um, somewhere in that second or third round. But it's just, you know, it's, it's got to be the right team and the right price. You know, I, I still think the Jets will be in that mix in the end. Um, just because they need multiple guys. You know, they don't need just one tackle or one guard. You know, they need, like, an arsenal. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, I don't know that Browns are going to go that route. You know, I know they're speculated about it with him, but I think they they might try to start a little younger, maybe spend a draft pick on a guy.
0: All right, guys, more from Jeremy in a minute. But first, hiring used to be hard. There are multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Barnwell. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. You can even add screening questions to your job listings so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, my listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Barnwell. That's my last name, B-A-R-N-W-E-L-L, ZipRecruiter.com slash Barnwell. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. Now back to the show. You mentioned the Browns. They just cut Christian Kirksey on Tuesday, which I was a little surprised by. I have to admit, Joe Schobert, yeah. their fellow linebacker, is also a free agent. Now their top two linebackers, uh, both hitting the market. Uh, do you see people being interested in Kirksey and Schobert?
1: Yes, I uh, yeah. That is a surprise to me too, because you know, both of those guys are like high character yeah. leaders in the locker room too. So that was, that was a bit surprised. I mean, Kirksey, look, he's just been so beat up the last two years. Um, I, I heard, though, there's there are as many as nine teams looking at him wow. or that have at least called to inquire. I think Buffalo will be in that mix. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always looking for, like, good veteran players with leadership. And, uh, you know, uh, Las Vegas has looked into him. I guess they're bringing him in. So uh, I think he's actually probably going to sign pretty fast um, because he can create, you know, an incentivized deal with, with a decent amount of guaranteed money, but, you know, make him earn some of it. Um, and go from there. You know, he's still pretty young and then he's been productive when he has been on the field. You know, I know coaches that watched tape of him this week, you know, that were pretty pleased with what they saw. Mm -hmm. If he can get back to that. And, you know, Joe Schobert, it's a matter of, he knows he's going to do pretty well in free agency, so that's why they're splitting with the Browns. It's not just the Browns wanting to part with him. It's, uh, you know, guys who can cover are going to get paid at that spot. So Corey Littleton and Joe Schobert, guys like that, are going to do pretty well.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, are you... Are you, are you surprised that the Browns just aren't treating this like a valuable position? I mean, do you think it's just they they, they, they seem to not want to spend a lot of money at inside linebacker? Is a is something where you think they're going to devote more money to other parts of their roster?
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. But, I mean, you got to remember, it's the Andrew Berry experiment, um, part two. And, and the way things were before is, you know, they weren't going to go out and spend a bunch on free agency. They were going to strip it down. Now, I don't, you know, they're in a different spot. They're a much better team now. The old regime thought 2020 would be a really big year for them, so they got some talent. So it's different, but uh, I think some of the same rules apply. Where they're not going to spend wildly. Um, you know, they might if they take a swing. I could see a Jack Conklin. You know, but I mean, a guy like that's going to cost 16, maybe 18 million a year potentially. Yeah. So I don't know if they want to go that far, um, but you know, they have. I think they figured safety. You know, tight end to an extent. Um, a few other needs that they had to address as well, so they didn't want to put all their money in the linebacker spot. I think you'll see them spread it out more and try to find some value in the in the first or second wave of free agency.
0: Makes sense. Um, absolutely makes sense. Uh, Tremaine Johnson, I think, was a very expected cut for the Jets. Uh, I Hard to think of a yeah. free agent deal that went worse uh, in recent years than Tremaine Johnson, who was benched, who was injured. Um, two different regimes seem to not agree with him. Uh, he was cut. The Jets, I mean, don't save a ton of money by doing this, by cutting Johnson, but opens up a roster spot. They have some moves to make. I mean, do you think they are going to be uh, a team that for the second year is going to be active in the top end of free agency?
1: I think they'll go offense first, Mm -hmm. just because they know they have to surround Sam Darnold with enough talent for him to succeed, and that's their priority. they got a guy they believe in on a cheap rookie deal. they got to make it worth his while. So I think, you know, they're going to try to re-sign Robbie Anderson. If they don't, they'll get some help at receiver. They'll definitely get some help on the offensive line. And so they'll go from there. Eventually they'll have some corner help, but I don't think they'll spend wildly on it. You know, there, there's probably enough depth in free agency at corner where you can get a decent guy. You know, you don't have to spend on a James Bradbury or, or, or a Byron Jones. Maybe you can get a Bashad Breeland or somebody who's got good experience. Uh, it, really anybody would be an upgrade from Tremaine Johnson who really played the system perfectly he played two franchise tags mm-hmm. made a ton of money got a huge deal with the Jets made a ton of money and now he's basically done and in four years he did crazy well um, and so but you know it's it's I think they look at it as we have to get this guy off our books even if it's going to cost us ten million dollars anybody else will be an upgrade and uh, you know that's where they're at but I think it, it maybe later on a free agency they can get more help there without having to break
0: the bank yeah absolutely i mean you know i think they see it as a addition by subtraction there with the jets um surprising to me i have to admit i saw rumors that gabe jackson uh the star guard for the las vegas raiders which is always strange to say uh might be in the trade market so do you think it's something where they just want to cut salary or want to spend their money elsewhere clear out some space possibly for running tom brady i mean what do you think the Gabe Jackson trade rumors are stemming from, and outside of quarterback, what yeah, do you see well, the Raiders in the market? Yeah,
1: from? I think so. I mean, I, Las well, Vegas is hard to read. What I know is that they're not actively shopping Derek Carr, okay. but they're not dissuading teams from calling them. Yes, so I, I think they're kind of playing that, get that you know uh, lukewarm approach, mm-hmm. but uh, clearly they're looking around. And so, you know, I expect them to be at least mildly involved in the quarterback spot. But they also have a lot of needs that they got to rebuild linebacker. Uh, that's why I think they'll look at Corey Littleton and some of those guys, maybe sign Chris Kirksey. Uh, and, you know, they need receiver help. They have some other spots where I, I think they feel at least okay going into the year with Derek Carr if they have to because they'll build up other spots. Um, you know, I really do. You know, and, and he's still, you know, statistically – he played pretty well last year. He just does you know, the problem is he doesn't drive the ball downfield, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, Gruden wants that. I think that's pretty clear. And so, you know, they're, they're going to look around, but I think they might end up just settling with Derrick again. But uh, they have some other needs as well that I expect them to fill. And, uh, you know, I think the Jackson move could just be a byproduct of trying to create some more space. But I've heard a lot of Lyman getting shopped around the league, or at least, at least you've heard names floated, um Where it might not amount to much, but you know that's one position I think teams are looking at right now is uh, expendable. You know, depending on the guy.
0: Is there anyone else who comes to mind for you as a guy who you know is getting shopped around the offensive line?
1: You know, I I can't go there yet. I've actually heard a couple big names. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. But I would I I haven't like firmed it up yet. But no worries. uh, Guys that are veterans that you'd be surprised to hear. But it's uh, I think there'll be some movement here. Like in you know maybe later on. Right, right before free agency starts, I do think you'll see a couple trades.
0: No, I mean, we, we already saw the uh, Russell Okung for Trey Turner trade, where, you know, I don't think anyone saw that coming until the right. last couple of days before it actually happened, so I mean, that's a, you know, a five-time Pro Bowl guard. I mean, if he can get traded, just about anybody could be on the market to get traded uh, along the offensive line. Um,
1: right. Let's finish up the- I, I will say this, I, I heard and I, I don't, maybe they just like talked to some teams about it, but like I heard from a couple people at the combine that like Dallas might be looking at their line, at least to create some space. I don't know who, but like you have some big names on that line, so that would be surprised uh, if they did move somebody. But I think they're to pay the people they want to pay. They're just they're looking at all options.
0: Yeah, I mean four guys there: Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Lal Collins. Four guys getting big money among that offensive line. So that would be really fascinating if that uh, did go in a different direction. And another team that is in a position where they have to let some players go to try and you know pay some players other positions where they need more help the Atlanta Falcons who have spent so much on their offense year after year after year and now um i think are getting to the conclusion that they have to address their defense they've already announced they're going to let Vic Beasley hit free agency and then Austin yeah. Hooper also going to hit the market so in terms of Austin Hooper i mean do you think this is going to be a player who the league evaluates and says, "Hey, he's you know going to be a a uh, top of the market you know game or, or market altering tight end." Uh, given that we haven't really seen the the market move since Jimmy Graham signed for ten million dollars a year.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I think he's going to be the new cash king there. So if the market's ten million, he'll be slightly above. That's, that's what I'm expecting uh, based on some people I've talked to. But uh, you know, and part of that's just a byproduct of. The Salary cap going way higher than that position, just sort of being overdue and stale. Yeah, you know, you just needed some new guys that were like mildly capable uh, to, to move that up, and it, it's there now. So, tr- I think Travis Kelsey and George Kittle will be pretty happy uh, by the end of March because you know, some guys that they know they're better than mm. will have moved the needle uh, a little bit, you know. But the Patriots, Packers, I, I think a lot of contending teams will be looking at him as an option, you know, to, to try to holster what they got at their quarterback position because, I mean, that position that position's probably as important as it's ever been from a pass-catching standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you look at, I mean, I think the biggest issue with Brady last year and his frustration was just not having anything there to work with. And so you're going to see some good teams trying to upgrade at that spot, and that's going to help Austin Hooper a great deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Patriots went from Rob Gronkowski to replacement level talent at tight end and just look at the Super Bowl. I mean, like the, the two tight ends in the Super Bowl were Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. I mean, arguably the two best guys at the entire position. So um, you know, uh, you're certainly going to see teams try and copy what what the Chiefs and Niners were able to do with their tight ends uh in the months to come. And you brought it back around to the Patriots. You brought up Austin Hooper, brought up the Patriots and, you know, I wonder, um, in, in terms of this market, in terms of Guys like an Austin Hooper or Robbie Anderson or, you know, other guys who are playing receiving roles or offensive linemen. How many of them are, are tied to Brady? Where even if Brady's not sitting here saying, Hey, you have to go out and get Austin Hooper for me to come play for you. Right. How many teams are sitting here and saying, Hey, we have to make a significant investment at receiver just to try and convince Tom Brady to come to town and play for us.
1: Well, that's part of it. But I, I the problem is. There's only so much time you can do that. Right. like you can't really do both at the same time. Like, Brady's sort of got to decide and, and have an, maybe have an idea what a team's going to do. Uh, now, if you're the Patriots, you can talk to him now and you can sell your plan. Hey, we're going to get A, B, and C, and we're going to be in good shape. Uh, but that doesn't really seem like their style uh, when, when they're selling another player, you know? I know Brady's a little different of a case, but. Um, that's why, from what I've heard, a lot of these older quarterbacks are really valuing offensive line continuity with, with whoever their new team is going to be, um, you know, because they, they, if they need to be upright first and foremost, and then you can find the weapons. And so I think that's a big part of it, and there are several teams that already have that that can sell that. Um, but, you know, A.J. Green's going to be off the market. I, I think Emmanuel Sanders makes some sense in a place like New England. He wants to play for a contender. Um, you know, he's older, so he's not going to cost a fortune, but he's still good enough. Uh, I can move around, play that slot. And so, you know, you're going to look at some second wave options that I think will be attractive to to contending teams as well.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people check out more of your free agent coverage?
1: Yeah, was fun, Bill. Thanks for having me, man. Um, I mean, it's going to be, geez, it's going to be all over. I mean, (laughs) you know, we'll be doing some E-plus stuff this month. Um, You know, you can check us out there pay your subscription. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jay Fowler ESPN is my Twitter, but yeah, we'll, we'll be out here in the streets. <laughs> just talking.
0: <laughs> talking to mystery teams, just having a good old time. That's
1: right. Right, you can always float that. And it's a lot of fun, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to use that for every free agent I talk about. Just a mystery team? There are team. three mystery teams involved.
0: Agents love that and no team ever gets upset about a mystery team. Everyone loves a good mystery team. <laughs> but Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, man.
0: All right. Thanks so much to my guest today, Jeremy Fowler. Of course, as you might suspect, we'll have audio next week with free agency coming. There'll be a lot to discuss, including a possible Tom Brady signing. We'll talk about that and all the other moves in the busiest time of the year for Mr. Bill Barnell and
1: myself. Free agency, trades, all that good stuff is coming next week on The Bill Barnwell Show.